0: Get Get it on Guten Talk everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Adam. This is our weekly X men podcast where we rank every story from e to Z mein Gott, it's Adam i'm zach i don't know i don't know much German to be honest. Uh, I have guten
1: com- Tag.
0: I got Gutentag our uh, theater scene golden Hemmel. I know that one mm, sure um uh Ungoblich. um Jardemark yeah. that's circus. <laughs>
1: we're gonna need our uh our circus jargon jargon here um for this episode right
0: <laughs> we are um because today folks we're talking about nightcrawler um you know him you love him he's one of the best x-men frankly like of all the x-men if someone if someone was going to be ranking all of the x-men per se i don't know a,
1: anyone who would do that
0: as a lead-in to a great podcast <laughs> I would think Nightcrawler would be up there as like maybe number two, maybe three. I forget where I forget I forget where it ended up. Adam, he's in the tops though because I love Nightcrawler so much.
1: Listen, Nightcrawler is fantastic. However, we remember when we were talking about Storm the other week, and we were talking about how awesome Storm is. Like Storm is one of, if not the best X Men character, right? But then there's so many bad Storm stories. I'm having that feeling again this week, man. Nightcrawler has a ton of terrible stories. Why don't people do good Nightcrawler stories?
0: No, Adam. I think So I think what you'll find, and this is very interesting, is how we have tied these three stories together as not just Nightcrawler, but an additional thread going through Nightcrawler. You'll see is that thread is actually dumb and bad. Yes. And that that is the uniting common theme between Nightcrawler stories that suck. And that is Nightcrawler stories that are about his secret adoptive mom, Margol Sardosh. or Margo- Oh, boy. His secret adopted mom, Margoli Sardosh. Uh,
1: yes. Um, so um, we're going to dig deep into the uh, carnival history of Nightcrawler and his... Um, His, his winding way mother this week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are, we are. (laughs) For better or worse. We are traveling down that winding way. You know
1: the winding way, right, Adam? Yes, yes, the winding way, which is referenced often and explained never.
0: It's, it's the magical path that sorcerers of the winding way take, where they must best each sorcerer who is more powerful than them on the winding way to become the sorcerer supreme of the winding way.
1: Yeah, it's like Highlander. It is. There can be only one.
0: It is. It is. Very much Highlander, which is odd because Highlander did come out after uh, mm. The Winding Way, I believe, is first yeah. explained. Highlander's not actually that crazy, unique of a concept. It just had a killer no. soundtrack.
1: Listen, you know, that's that's the only thing that the, the story's about, so people remember it. You know, it's dumb.
0: That's the thing about Highlander, and this isn't a Highlander podcast. <laughs> I don't think if Highlander came out at any other point in time, it would ever be remembered. But Highlander did come out at the perfect time for a movie like Highlander to become a, like, (laughs) phenomenon.
1: Yes, absolutely. Those coke-fueled 80s where just about any action property had a chance.
0: It's so weird that, I know, I know it's the most common thing. It is weird that Highlander was the one that became a franchise. (laughs)
1: you think there's someone somewhere pining for a highlander reboot
0: like, yes really excited <laughs> yes i do i don't think highlander the series or the multiple highlander sequels where they were like aliens i, th- I didn't wa- i didn't watch the highlander sequels
1: i don't know i think i got up to the second one and i called it quits
0: there's a lot of highlander content out. who owns the highlander license for comics <laughs> get marco rudy to draw a highlander comic it would rule
1: Marvel loses Conan but gains Highlander.
0: <laughs> Listen, hold on. Tell me tell me you wouldn't read Savage Avengers, but instead of Conan, it's the Kurrigan from Highlander? Because I would read could, could
1: that. Could be great. Could be great. Um, I think Conor right, so,
0: McCloud would do
1: a great job. Uh, would love that. Swinging a sword around, you know, why not? So uh, we do have some swashbuckling of sorts
0: this this week. Uh, who who requested this? This was requested by the mysterious Reagan, who is nothing like her namesake. Hmm. Reagan may be a sorceress on the winding way. There's really awesome. no way of knowing. Um, but quite a quite a mystic name. And If you want to be like Reagan, you can go over to patreoncom comicsxf Say folks love that comic book content that you are putting out week in and week out. And then you can uh you can su- you can subscribe and give us $5 and then we'll do an episode. We we'll do an episode about the winding way
1: for you. That sounds great. We're Where not are gonna we sta- starting?
0: We're not going to start with Reagan's pick. We're going to end with it because I I I don't think we always have to go chronologically, but I do like it when we have themes and stories that are like sequential. Yeah. Only if they're sequential over a bunch of different writers who did not plan for these things to be sequential <laughs> and they just happened, which is the beauty, I think, of comics. There's no other medium that lets you choose your own continuity like comics. It's true. We're
1: going to see a lot of that this episode. Um, we're just especially...
0: going to play fast and loose with the previously established <laughs> rules based on what you fuzzily remembered of um, as you wrote things down.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, you know, I I got kind of excited about we're, the first thing we're going to talk about today is the Soul Sword trilogy, um, which is Excalibur, Volume 1, 83 to 85. And, uh, you know, I, I look at the cover of this first issue, Bill Sinkevich. It's Kitty Pride pulling the Soul Sword out of her. Then I flip to the first page. It's also Bill Sinkevich, illustration of the Soul Sword with some skulls. And then I realized, no, these issues are not drawn by Bill Cappage. <laughs> and they're written by Warren Ellis in his beginning of his Excalibur run. And I immediately went,
0: no! It's Warren Ellis Excalibur based on an idea by Scott Lobdell. Oh,
1: now, that's the best credit. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> it, was, it was Scott Lobdell saying, hey, I'm too busy to do this story. Warren, I know you're taking over this book. Do you just want to pick up this one for me? Here, it's already, it's already, it's already, like, been approved. Can you just, can you just do this one, Warren? Um, Oh, boy. It's weird. We do have, we do have Terry Dodson here on the first issue. We get Terry Dodson on the first issue. You get Derek Gross on the second. And you get Ken Lashley on the third. And I like Mm -hmm. Dodson and I like Lashley. And Lashley ends up being a, a solid hand on Excalibur in this era.
1: I agree. 100%. The story
0: not so great story's bad um people (laughs) people forget uh scott lobdell's tenure on excalibur which is good for people because scott lobdell's tenure on excalibur is really bad actually
1: well he kind of forgets what the whole point of the
0: book is uh and just makes it into
1: an x-men book and it's not good
0: it's scott lobdell doing the worst possible version of his x-men he quit this to start gen x didn't he he literally had this plane and then was like, "Oh, they greenlit Gen X. Let's go."
1: The difference in quality is staggering, right? Well, because I mean, he cares about just one the, of them. Yeah, classic mismatch. Like you know, we do do not need uh, full arcs about the origin of Zero uh, in relation to Douglock, and <laughs> but we're we're in that period where Mora is like obsessed with curing the the legacy virus and. Uh, you know it's not going so hot, so, you know we're just hanging out on your island with Excalibur and doing nothing.
0: No, we we are. Uh, this is this is ninety four Excalibur. So the team is Shadowcat, Nightcrawler, Megan, Britannic. You remember Britannic, right? Everyone's favorite Captain Britain pseudonym. Uh, Doug Locke is also here, as is Doctor Moira McTaggart, Doctor Rory Campbell. Uh, The once known future Ahab is hanging around. And Amanda Sefton is kind of on the team in so much as Amanda Sefton's ever actually in the story, which is when people remember she exists.
1: Yes, she's going by Day Tripper in this period, which Which is is very
0: funny. That's a great name. That's a great name (laughs) for your sister girlfriend, Nightcrawler. (laughs) Which is going to come up quite a bit in this episode. People, it's so important that we, we do emphasize... Nightcrawler and Daytripper, Kurt Wagner and Amanda Sefton, are not biological siblings. No. They are adopted siblings who were raised together and are in love. Weird. Still weird. Listen, listen. For certain values of incest, this is absolutely (laughs) incest. For other values of incest, it is not incest. Your mileage may vary on how weird you find this relationship. I love that this has just been a thing for so long and nobody has said no about it that everyone's just like, Nightcrawler yeah. dates his sister sometimes and we're all, <laughs> we have you all have accepted and we're cool with it.
1: Uh, right. So this is not a, uh, technically a Nightcrawler-centric story, um, but it involves them and Amanda Sefton and Margo- Margoli uh, Zaros because uh, it turns out We've got a little bit of a retcon here. Um it turns out that little dying of the Legacy Virus Iliana um somehow slipped the soul sword into Kitty Pride. Well, no, 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 no.
0: You're you're misremembering continuity right now. I want I want to I want to clear this up, Adam. After after Iliana dies in the very sad issue. Yes. And actually I think I think technically it's after in after Inferno Iliana dies. Uh, is when this happens. The Soul Sword uh, is planted in a rock outside of the Excalibur Lighthouse. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just there. Dr. Doom yep. tries to get it at one point, at the start of <laughs> Scott Lobdell's tenure on the book, and it ends up inside of Shadowcat, who had possessed the Soul Sword in the 80s for brief moments when Iliana was otherwise uh, disposed.
1: I am not incorrect, though, that this this set of issues does suggest... That the energy transfer happens on Ileana's deathbed, though. There is this X-ray sequence that Professor X is mulling over. And it seems to suggest that they forgot about that
0: thing you just said with the rock. And Mm -hmm. just, like... Yes? The the thing about this is that uh, the Soul Sword trilogy (laughs) makes up everything about the Soul Sword. It just... It says, here's some new continuity about the Soul Sword. And there's a thing about retcons. Let's take Moira, for example. The Moira X retcon retcon is additive. It doesn't destroy anything, and what it does destroy, you don't care about. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be clear. A one-off comment from Moira that doesn't really jive in a late 90s issue of Excalibur, it's not important. That's, That's continuity that you don't care about. So the retcon ends up being more or less additive. This retcon says that actually the soul sword is the symbol of the ruler of Limbo. and has been for centuries and generations and wars and, you know, armies have died and battles have been fought for this thing. And all these hell lords are after it. Uh, so that's why, that's why they must get the soul sword that was Eliana's. Uh, and here's the thing. The most important Ileana Rasputin story is the, the Storm and Magic, Storm and Ileana mm-hmm. Magic miniseries. Yep. The central, pivotal moment of that miniseries is Ileana creating the Soul Sword out of all of her rage and anger, so such that even when she is trying to use her magic to be creative and to be fruitful. She creates a weapon of death and destruction. That is the pivotal, defining moment that the Soul Sword is literally her soul as a sword. And the embodiment of it. Yeah,
1: they didn't read that.
0: (laughs) Wild that you would do a story about the Soul Sword and completely just be like well what if that didn't happen and it's never explained how that works with the magic miniseries because scott lobdell and especially warren ellis don't actually care about continuity that much and here's the, here's the thing about continuity continuity is as important as the readers make it and by that i mean that you can change something from a random one-off issue of excalibur and no one's going to care but if you change the pivotal moments of a story for a character it matters that's why the gene gray phoenix retcon has to have like a bail caveat in there that says but also the phoenix force was definitely gene and her sacrifice on the moon meant something because otherwise Mm. it gets rid of the most important story in x-men history
1: right well um, this is not paying attention to canon at all. In fact, it kind of just suggests that if you have the soul sword inside of you, it just, just makes you want to dress up in, uh, nightclub clothes and, um, be nasty to people. And it also suggests that there's people trying to get it, um, other than Margoli, including Grave Moss, the necromancer who, uh, possesses Nightcrawler's body for most of this arc. Uh, we also, also have the a witch late...
0: Shrill who has a soul <laughs> yes, sword Shrill. eye.
1: This is the stupidest thing ever. Her eye is made of the same metal. So, whenever the soul sword is pulled out, she like turns old and shriveled up. And
0: what that's so dumb. (laughs) What's dumb is that she also has a brooch made of the same metal, but she's like, Oh, but it's not enough of that metal for it to be a big deal because the brooch and the eye are the same. No, it's just, but if there's any more of that metal, it's out there.
1: It's so weird. It it's imp- so so dumb
0: it implies that iliana became evil because she possessed the soul sword which no guys iliana Ilya- was kind of evil because of the years and years and years of um living in hell she did
1: uh yeah yep missing pieces of her actual
0: soul yeah um. it, it was it was the. it was the <laughs> intense trauma that she experienced oh my god
1: uh, so, yeah, we've got rival villains, right? We've got, uh, uh, you know, Possessed Nightcrawler uh, trying to kill uh, Duglock. We've got Kitty, Soul Sword Kitty, trying to, like, hurt and kill people. And it's up to the rest of the members of Excalibur to stop them. Um, it really just comes down to Day Daytrippers showing up, right? I mean, that's pretty much it. But we also get this very weird aside in the third issue where... Um, Wolverine, in a flashback, teaches Kitty how to do Krav Maga instead of, like, remembering that Kitty is a trained assassin. Like, it's, it completely forgets that Kitty is, like, a very talented martial artist in her own right.
0: It's very weird because he's like, yeah, Kitty, this was developed by your people, the Israelis. <laughs> and Kitty is from Chicago. She's from, <laughs> Deer, or she's from Deerfield. Like... she is she is jewish she is not israeli
1: it's a very strange thing um this arc also ends with a final page that has like a ton of exposition on it that suggests that i guess by stealing the sword she accidentally gave it to her mother i guess and was tricked but that doesn't make any sense
0: it's like there's a whole
1: nother issues worth of writing here that they just decided not to do
0: Absolutely feels like there's an entire other issue that Warden Ellis just didn't write where Day Tripper gets the soul sword from Nightcrawler at the end and hands it off to Margoli Sordos. But oops, Margoli's actually evil and wants to use the soul sword to kill everybody in front of her on the Winding Way uh, and become Sorcerer Supreme of the Winding Way. It's such a weird way to end the story. And it only comes up Two other times, like as a follow-up, once slightly in the Hellfire the London Burning Hellfire Club uh onslaught tie-ins to Excalibur, which kinda more or less wrap up Ellis's run. Mm-hmm. And then also in like a one off issue of X Men Unlimited, where it's like actually Belasco got the soul sword now and we have to stop him. <laughs> which yeah, uh, becomes a weird thing because that's that's when Amanda Sefton keeps the soul sword and starts to be the second magic in running limbo which has its own mini series like that is several weird. years after that
1: yeah, well, we're going to we're gonna run into her uh, in a second, that version of, of Amanda, in just a moment. But it is weird how, like, this idea of, like, where this plot is supposed to go is supposed to be so big and important. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't seem to have any ties to what came before it or after it. and doesn't seem like anybody ever cared about it again.
0: <laughs> you know, I would almost say that, except for they keep coming back to, like, the fruits of it. It's like, well, how did Amanda become magic? Well, she got it because of this. So how does that tie into Nightcrawler? And it all co- literally, it all ties into uh when magic finally comes back in X Infernace, where That's she true. pulls the soul sword from Nightcrawler, who's like, oh shoot, I have been holding that for a decade and a half. <laughs> that, oh dang, that 15 from? years of this, I forgot. <laughs> That's where that uh, thing was. Oh dang it. Oh, it's like losing your car keys. Where's my soul sword? You know, <laughs> if the Soul Sword was so evil, you think, you think Nightcrawler would have, it would have come up at one point. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Would have corrupted
1: him, I guess, at some this point. This is a dumb story, and it's It's bad. very dumb. I think we gotta rank it.
0: We do. Hey, here's the thing, Adam. We rank stories on our uh, big old list. We have we have our, a... Our own winding way. We do. We we are on the winding <laughs> way to 700. Uh, With 645 stories already ranked of all the X-Men stories of all time from best to worst. With the number one story being The House of X and The Powers of Ten, The number 100th story being Uncanny X-Men 314 Early Frost. Number 200 on our list is New Mutants Annual number one, Steal This Planet! Number 300 on our list is Germ-Free Generation from New X-Men. Number 400 on our list is the first arc of Mutant X. Uh, number five hundred on our list is Exiled, the crossover with Journey into Mystery and the DNA New Mutants. Number six on our list is X mens Secret Invasion, a bad comic, and the Dracos at the bottom.
1: This this really gives me kind of Shatterstar Saga vibes. I don't know if we're that low. This is that's at six oh nine.
0: We're not that low. It's
1: not quite as incomprehensible as that, but like we're we're probably in the five hundreds
0: here. We're probably. Probably definitely in the five hundreds. Um, I'm looking at it. Like, how do you feel about this compared to Wisdom Max at five fifty four?
1: You know I hate Wisdom Max, Zach. Um, but Wisdom
0: Wisdom, wisdom
1: max, max is still better than this. be better,
0: yeah. Because like Pride and Wisdom is at five forty. That's better than this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree. Um, I think the. Yeah, we're looking at Knights of Terra, uh, which is pretty darn bad, is probably like on par with this. I think I we're think in the Ni- same kind of... I think
0: Knights of Terra is probably better. How do you feel about it compared to the Morlocks take Manhattan? Uh, Uncanny um, X-Men t- t- 291 to 293?
1: Similar, like, you know, that's Lobdell, isn't it? Uh, you know, just kind of losing the thread and it's just real messy. So I think that's probably a little better, though um how about life signs phalanx covenant that's that's excalibur isn't it
0: it is life science is also bad
1: yeah life science is pretty bad
0: life signs is just messy but i think i like life signs better okay i also think i like wolverine 98 to 100 furnace of his mind anvil of his heart better (laughs)
1: well that that has some cool art in it if i remember correctly that
0: even if it's just like a complete mess right you know what i think this is probably better than x factor the quick and the dead which is at 584 okay yeah that works um is it's not better than x-man five through seven the man who fell to earth
1: okay so is this our new 583
0: I don't know. How do you feel about it compared to that Savage Land Wolverine story where he fights Sauron, this pterosaur man?
1: I don't know. Like, that's messy, but it's probably more fun. It has Sauron in it.
0: (sighs) Yeah, let's put it right (laughs) below that, but right above X-Factor, the quick and the dead.
1: (laughs) Okay, so that's going to make it our new 584. Uh I guess for those curious those soul sword curious people, like go check this out. But I wouldn't recommend
0: it. It's terrible. If you're soul curious, you should you should check it out, I guess. <laughs> um but we have more, more more terrifying tales of the winding way, uh to talk about. Uh including Nightcrawler Volume three, seven through twelve, The Winding Way. Uh this is from the two thousand and five Nightcrawler series by Roberto Aguirre-Sacosta, with pencils by Derek Robertson. Um, in, In this series, it opens up, and Kurt has kind of become a paranormal detective. Which is an interesting twist, but it also falls into what I think is a terrible trap that anyone who writes Nightcrawler thinks they want to get into, but is actually folly. And that is... Writing about Nightcrawler and religion, which doesn't ever end well.
1: Um, here's here's what I want to say. We're we're covering here uh, issues seven to twelve of this series, and um, there's a basic, like, there's a basic problem with this, and it has nothing to do with the story itself. Um, I don't know if this bothered you, but as I, I'm reading each page of this book the writer does not complete people's sentences. Did you notice that every single sentence that this person writes uh, for dialogue ends in an ellipses or dashes and then another character interrupts them and then their sentence doesn't complete. And then another character interrupts them. They are full stretches of pages here where no one completes a sentence and everyone is speaking in sentence fragments and in the first issue, I was like, oh, because in the first issue, he's kind of like tripping. You know what I mean? He's like having visions and right. he's, he's not in control. And I'm like, OK, well, that kind of fits the style of what's happening here in this first issue. But then it keeps happening for all the rest of the issues when there is no such spiritual journey of, uh, you know, hallucinations. And let me tell you, it is one of the most frustrating reading experiences
0: I have had in a long time. I had absolutely no problem with it. I didn't even know. What? Did it didn't even cross my mind? I was like, okay, it's just. People like ellipses sometimes, my man. It's like they're trampling uh,
1: off. Okay. I mean, it's all even the first page.
0: No, I can't. Let me count it. how
1: many ellipses are on the first page. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven ellipses on the first page of this story, and two sets of double dashes. That's one page, Zach.
0: No, that's un- unacceptable. Listen, listen when you we cannot write, write like, like this. Well, here's the thing <laughs> about Roberto Argar- Acosta. Um He's more successful than uh, pretty much anyone who writes comics. You know, you know what his credits are, Adam? Uh, Archie, right? Does he Archie? does Archie now. He is the chief creative officer for Archie. He was great. also a writer on Glee okay supergirl Uh uh-huh and he was a showrunner on riverdale
1: you know what roberto i am really happy for your successes i do hope having not watched any of those shows or read any archie comics that you have learned
0: to complete your sentences i don't know i've i've heard some things (laughs) Uh,
1: god bless this person it drove me absolutely insane and i don't know how it didn't bother you it's just so insane to me, like you cannot write without completing sentences. All right, let's talk about what this is about.
0: so Nightcrawler is struggling with like some visions and some stuff that bothered him from his last adventure uh with his girlfriend christina Christine Palmer. do you know Christine Palmer? She's kind of like nurse Annie. she sucks, Adam, yes. That is Christine Palmer, the night nurse you were talking about. Please hold your tongue.
1: Well, she could be cool elsewhere. She doesn't. She's not cool here. She sucks here. She just stands around and kind of like. I'm so just mad at you there. right now.
0: Night nurse rules.
1: Does she rules in this series, Zach? She rules in this in seven to twelve of Nightcrawler Volume Three because she doesn't. Listen, she doesn't do that's... anything. She just stands there.
0: Listen, hey. Hey.
1: You know who else is not cool in this? Is Wolverine. Is Wolverine a cool character? Is Wolverine amazing? He sure is. Is he amazing in 7 to 12 of Nightcrawler Volume 3? No, he is not. He is dumb and stupid. And if this was the only Wolverine story you'd ever read, you'd never want to read another Wolverine story because this is very bad.
0: I will say that Christine Palmer is not the best night nurse. The best night nurse is Linda Carter.
1: See? It's not even the best night nurse. You're getting all upset about She's it. She's
0: the original she, night nurse, Linda Carter. Who well, cares?
1: She could be on. anybody. Linda, She's Linda a cardboard cutout. Linda out.
0: Carter is the 1961 student nurse. Uh, Christine Palmer is from the 70s comic night nurse. Um, which is what's weird is that Christine Palmer is also Doctor Strange's love interest in the Doctor Strange cinematic universe that apparently exists. I haven't watched the newest Doctor Strange movie. I'll see it okay. when it comes out.
1: You're not missing much. It's all right.
0: It feels like just everything I know about it—a movie designed to make me upset. Personally,
1: you will be. If you were I upset will... by No Way Home, as I was not, you will be very
0: No upset Way Home. About a movie that I do. Multiverse hate. of Madness. <laughs> my wife. My wife is like, oh, I haven't seen the new Spider-Man, and we have it on like streaming. I'm like, I'll watch it again with you, but like, I need you to know I'm going to be mad. Like, I don't care <laughs> for it. I also don't like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies all that much. I think they're overrated. And I was 11 when the first one came out, so I... Wow, that's a hot take. Listen, I was 11 when the first one came out. I get that it was a big part of your childhood. I remember being very excited to watch Spider-Man 2 right after I came back from my mission trip to Mexico when I was 13. Let's not get into that right now. It turns out the country of Mexico... They're aware of Jesus already. I didn't have to... (laughs) I was not necessary to deliver that message. I could... Folks, (laughs) Folks, <laughs> this episode I've, is going off the rails. <laughs> I have I have learned very quickly. Me at thirteen, I w- I was not the vessel that was needed. Much like Nightcrawler was not necessarily the vessel needed to tell this story, uh, where we get deep into the history of Nightcrawler's brother, uh, Stephen Sardos.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. I I never knew that uh, Nightcrawler had a brother. You didn't uh, which know. No. Is
0: Hold on, Jem-
1: Jem- I didn't know Amanda was named
0: Jemaine either. Well, then you just haven't reread Claremont Comics uh, recently because a defo comes up in X-Men Annual Volume 1, Number 4, which we didn't cover for this episode, but was on the list before we removed it for the Soul Sword stuff. Look,
1: I know I've read that, but did I remember this part? No. No. Um, so
0: in that, in that comic, you learn that Nightcrawler, the mob in Giant Size was after Nightcrawler because he had just killed his brother.
1: Right, and and also learned... there were
0: a lot of dead children around that they also thought Nightcrawler had killed.
1: But it's completely understandable. Which I still they do make them like
0: they make the angry mob from Giant Size X Men Number One. They make them make way more sense. Like they justify their actions a lot right now. Yes, they're still an angry mob, and yes, they're a little bigoted. Also, they saw a demon man. Kill, kill a brother and a bunch of children. So I understand the overreaction from the angry mob's standpoint. Like, I don't... I do not agree with their actions. I get it.
1: Sure. Uh, well, we're, we're also getting some history uh, between how Amanda and Nightcrawler fell in love after he rescues her from uh, sudden death in a trapeze accident. Um, we also get the kind of the origin of his costume, which is Amanda's trapeze costume,
0: which is kind it's of his, interesting. It's his circus outfit, which is great. Uh, yeah. Is he? He's is he wearing that in giant size at the start? Is he wearing his circus yes. outfit? Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. So it's all it's always been his circus outfit, but it is fun to see. Uh, we
1: also learned that um, Nightcrawler, I guess, like had a sabbatical and went to Florida for a while. I don't get that where does that happen on the timeline
0: before he kills his brother but after he's been the amazing nightcrawler in the circus so this Um, is
1: like a jesus comes to america type thing right
0: he does a weird thing and then he gets locked in a cage by an evil circus man none of this is important what you need to know is that there is a demon named what is he Hive? Carion? Hive. It carry... It's Hive. No.
1: Well, keep in mind, this arc has Vermin, carrion, and the Hive in it. So, and Nightmare. There's a lot of random villainy. Happening.
0: I like how Nightmare's around, and they're like, Nightmare, aren't you normally evil? He's like, listen, man, I'm, I am the personification of the <laughs> ideas of Nightmares. My morality is not on the same plane as yours. This is screwing up Nightmare stuff, so I'm helping out here, okay? Can you let me do my thing? Which I think is the best I don't necessarily think Nightmare is a good villain. I do love it when the cosmic entities show up and they're like, look, I got a whole different set of priorities than you. Can you let me (laughs) do this thing? Sure. Like, that's fun. That's using the Marvel Universe in a fun way. As opposed to this where, yeah, Carrion is here, who, I guess, a character from late 90s Spider-Man, who knows. Uh, Wasn't Vermin
1: the guy from uh, Craven? hunt? Vermin Vermin is the guy.
0: Yeah, Vermin's from Craven's last hunt. Craven kills him. It doesn't seem. It's a weird combo here. Man Um, thing is in this. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) A bunch of monsters attack, and then you find out, blah, blah, blah. Nightcrawler has to deal with the fact that his brother actually wasn't evil. Uh, He was possessed by a demon.
1: Yes, the Hive, who uh, makes himself known by. just, you know, having some flies buzz around your head. And eventually, Nightcrawler gets the fly to talk. It's like a three headed fly. And yeah. he talks to the fly for a while. But then he lets the fly go after all that. So, squishing the fly. Um, the Soul Sword is back. But then they give it to. Oh, wait. They pull it out of Nightcrawler. And. Nightcrawler do do uses
0: it? it to stop some demon curses. Yeah, that's He remembers good. that the Soul Sword is a thing, it is useful. But he keeps it at the end. And it's just, it's a story where Kurt is being very contemplative and moody about his life. But he's not really doing much soul searching. Like, I don't know what his mission is besides, I feel a need to solve this mystery.
1: I think what drives me nuts about this is that, like, we're only two volumes. Uh, removed from the Dave Cockrum Nightcrawler solo which is just like so unabashedly fun and We're this two is volumes trying... in 20 years though it's I 20 understand.
0: years of comics i understand
1: them. But like, there is something that I I never understood about the brooding, uh, Nightcrawler. Like, it it just seems can, to fly in the face of what this character is all about, which is swashbuckling
0: romance. Okay, can and, I tell you what it is, Adam? Because yeah, yeah, you're on. you're forgetting something so critically important.
1: Yeah. Okay. What am I forgetting?
0: X2 X Men United. Uh <laughs> where Nightcrawler where Nightcrawler was a broody guy and he. <laughs> Remember how oh he carved God. tattoos into his body and scarred himself for every sin, and they were actually not just regular tattoos; they were the language of angels. So stupid! Wow, I—it's I, been it's so X2 long since I've watched bad. it. <laughs> no X two. It's been a very long time since I've watched it. X two rules. X two. Yeah, I mean, it has that so whole
1: sequence hard. where he, he he invades the White House. And that's pretty
0: rad. It's just no. not the Nightcrawler we know and love. X X two. Makes Nightcrawler very cool. It is not the Nightcrawler I want. Unfortunately, they gave us the Nightcrawler I want in X-Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, which are bad movies.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to argue about that. And this is just a bad story, you know? Like, Mephisto shows up at some point, and it's it's just a rotating... Like, it's not a Nightcrawler story as much as things are happening around Nightcrawler. And it's nobody about, completes their sentences, and it drives me nuts.
0: It's about like, actually, Kurt, you've been connected to the demon world this whole time, and they talk. They are they are playing off of the Draco, a little bit, yeah. Stuff from the Draco, and in a very funny way, absolutely never bringing up Azazel.
1: <laughs> they bring up, um, they bring up, uh, um, Mystique. You know, they bring up
0: Zaros, but they do not bring up Azazel, which I appreciate. It's it's like, okay, if we're going to have Nightcrawler be a demon and, like, the spawn of, a, of Satan, what can we do with it? And they're trying to play with that, but also they know that that storyline's bad and sucks and they're not referencing it directly. Which is such a wild kind of, like, tightrope to walk that I can't help but kind of appreciate that. Uh, I wish the story was better or good at all.
1: It's not. And I think I even liked the Excalibur story better than this. This one drove me absolutely insane.
0: Hold on. I think there, I think there is a level of crafting consistency to this. That is better. Like Derek Robertson for one, much better artist than everyone else is showing in Excalibur. I think Terry Dodson tends to be better in my opinion. Uh, in general, but I think comparing this Nightcrawler stuff to the Excalibur, I think Derek Robertson does a better job. I also think, I also think Segura is, or Sacasta is trying some things. Like the first issue is trying to be like a very trippy, like we want to keep you off guard. The last issue ends on a bum note, like it ends on a downer for Nightcrawler by saying, "Hey, dude." your life doesn't just end because the story is ending. Like you still have to live with the actions of what you did. And It doesn't matter really that a demon made your brother do all those things. You still did have to kill your brother. And that sucks. Yeah. Like I think, I think there are admirable traits to this story. Uh,
1: well, why don't you uh, start the bidding here and let me know where you'd like to go. Cause I know that I would probably go lower, but I want to see how high you want to go here.
0: Well, now I have to look.
1: Now I have to look. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Where's this going to go? Yeah. Um, what I am almost. learning,
0: what I am learning is that I super have to update this list because well, the one on the website um, is missing a few weeks of stories.
1: Oh well, you know that no one's gonna gonna get up in arms about that if it, as long as it gets
0: updated eventually, someday, you know, someday. Yeah. I think. Hmm. This is better than 550 Onslaught, X-Force, X-Man.
1: All right, so that's going to be our starting point. Um, I
0: don't know. Ooh, 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 okay. It's okay. not, I can not give, better I,
1: than Heroes for Hope at 542.
0: I, th- I can give you a ceiling of Iceman Volume 1. Yeah, it's definitely not better
1: than that. Uh, it's I, I enjoy the X-Force and Cable Annual 97 more than this.
0: I mean, like, can you see what where someone would say this is better than Sabretooth and Mystique?
1: Yes. I can see what's being tried here. I just it, it this story annoyed me. And not just from a writing can't complete sentences uh perspective. I just don't think that this take on Nightcrawler is enjoyable in any way shape or form. It you is know? this is too it long. Drives it drives was... me nuts when when Nightcrawler stories like it's just like havoc in Egypt. Like stop going back to the circus with Nightcrawler. It's not fun. The cast of characters are annoying, and it's it. And this doesn't even use them properly. It's just like a rotating cast of villains who don't have a chance to even do anything. And and it's like if it was just a story about him and his brother and like this relationship. That's not what it is, you know. It's it's not good.
0: It's him trying to investigate circus crimes, which is weird.
1: <laughs> it's that would be cooler. That's not really what this that's is. that's what he's doing. He is. <laughs> He is going Sword to several
0: oath. circuses investigating crimes that happened at those circuses, and it turns out demons were behind the circus crimes. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Side note, uh, Circus Crimes is the name of this episode. Ooh, I like that. That's I a like good too. sound to it.
1: Alright, so uh where's this going? Did we decide?
0: Uh do you like it better or worse than the Ms. Marvel stuff that Claremont never really got to do?
1: I like that Ms. Marvel stuff better.
0: I'll put it between that and Quest Probe. This is probably Perfect. Quest Probe. Right. I do love Quest Probe though. I think you I really love the fondness. idea. <laughs> I like the idea of Quest Probe that it was the unreleased video game tie-in comic for a game that never came out. That was an educational game. Got a uh, lot. That's set on Magneto's Octopus Island with the Cthulhus that he has.
1: I mean, you sold me. I'm sold. Um, speaking of uh, weird. Sub- was that a surprise i don't i don't know this feels like a surprise uh i'm not sure because they
0: solicited this (laughs) it it was well promoted at the time i remember
1: (laughs) that's not what's surprising about it what's surprising is that this is a comic book from 2014 written by chris claremont and i think it's pretty good it's the best one
0: of the bunch this week yeah this is nightcrawler volume four one through four uh it's from the all-new marvel now era now adam do you remember in the uh, halcyon days of spring 2014, what what Marvel had launched as part of the all new Marvel Now era, specifically around X Men?
1: Uh, but 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 well, we we got um, amazing X Men out of that, correct? Didn't we? So we got out of
0: that all new X Men, uh, starting oh. with the Trial of Jean Grey. So okay. it had already gone, okay. but they kicked off. Hey, here's a big X Men event crossing over yeah, the Guardians. Yeah. All-new X-Factor. Yeah. X-Force Volume 4. Uh, technically a new arc of Savage Wolverine, but it doesn't matter. A relaunch of Wolverine, where he gets the bad Chris Anka costume. Yeah. Listen, Chris, we love you. It's that's okay. a bad costume. You get a the pass. The G. Willow Wilson X-Men. Uh, then, from a solo series standpoint, it launches Magneto. It launches Dupe. It launches Nightcrawler. It launches Storm. It launches Cyclops. Uh and it also launches uh Wolverine and the X Men and Amazing Sp- or Amazing X Men was like right right before this. So there are so many brand new X Men books in Yeah, that's this a stacked era. lineup. Yeah. Wait, hit or How miss. Many but... ab- that's the thing. I the last time they really tried to do like solos for a lot of X Men books was right around here. And their problem was that they launched a Wolverine, a Magneto, a Sid Collapse, a Storm, a Dupe and a Nightcrawler book all at the same time. <laughs> yes. And very few of them survived. All to my to my great shame, do you know which one I didn't pick up a single issue of when it was coming out? I'm gonna say Magneto. It was Magneto. It was Magneto that's, the best that's, one of these. That's the best one. Easily easily the best one of all of these. (laughs) Uh, But I was excited about the Claremont Nightcrawler. And you know what? It's not the worst thing Chris Claremont has done. Like, this is just... This is just, like, a kind of mediocre Claremont comic. But it's got some... It's got some pluses. Uh, My favorite thing about uh, these four issues, uh, especially the first uh, three... uh, Actually, all four. Let's go. The covers... Especially yeah. the first two covers. First one by Chris Somni, uh, and then the rest by uh, Jamie McKelvey. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. The cover for number two, where it's the word BAMF and Nightcrawler jumping mm-hmm. through it, but his body is in negative space. I it's love cool. it. It's one of my yeah. favorite covers out there.
1: Yeah. These are um, great. Yeah, and we have Todd Nock uh, doing the art in here, which fits the story pretty well. Todd has a, a nice cartoony sensibility, and um, I think it matches the tone of the book, which does, uh, you know, as Claremont should be able to do. He should be able to make uh, Nightcrawler into this fun swashbuckly guy, and I think he does a good job of it.
0: This is the ever-present problem with anytime Chris Claremont comes back. He knows the character voices. Yep. He truly has never lost sight of that. Like, his, for better or worse, his Kitty Pride is always Kitty Pride. Sometimes she's the incredibly insufferable version from the 80s that he used to write. But it's still Kitty. Like, sure. it's recognizably her. This is very much Nightcrawler. It's also very much Nightcrawler and Claremont. It's Claremont doing a weird thing where he's having Nightcrawler come back from the dead and reckoning with the fact that X Men has changed so much in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's in Claremont, like, this is the first time he's written an ongoing X Men thing, uh, since it's a good I question. Don't know. When was the last time? like 2010-ish maybe. So it'd been yeah. it'd been a while cuz I think mm-hmm. he was doing he was doing like forever in the end and mm-hmm. uh, he had a spin-off of the end anyway it was around that time I feel.
1: Yeah, and all that stuff is really kind of like messy alternate universe stuff. And this what I like about this and you know we've we've noted before and I know you have in, in your sparring conversations with him is that he technically doesn't love getting involved and wrapped up with current continuity but here i think he handles it really well he understands what wolverine is going through in this time period he understands what nightcrawler has gone through um you know he he understands what the status is at the gene gray school um You know, what's going on even with some of there's like allusions to Cyclops and and the Bendis era here that I'm like, okay, Claremont is on the ball here. He is paying attention to what's happening and and in its slight. It's not like that's the point of the story because it's not, but it it works. It fits within the continuity, whereas a, a lot of times I feel like what he does and I'm very interested to see what this gambit thing is that he's got cooking, because I think it's going to be what I'm going to say next, is it typically likes to stand apart from what it is that's going on, and he's doing his own thing. That This doesn't feel like that.
0: I like it so much more when I get to see Claremont and do a take on whatever is happening. Like, the fact that he's in this and he's like, okay, well, I guess this is the Jean Grey school now, and there's a schism, and I'm just... Like these are these are the cards that I have been dealt. Let's see what we can do. Like you get a really you get really cool moments where I love at in the first issue where Kurt and Rachel get a minute to oh, sit yeah. and breathe and like talk to one another and be like, This is weird, but we have a good relationship and I'm back with my friends and I like that. You get you get Claremont dealing with the plot points from Jason Aaron's amazing X Men in this about yeah kurt losing his soul like claremont didn't really have to do that but i feel like it makes for a more interesting story when he is constrained to you still have to make this fit right and and when
1: he's willing to do it as well so yeah um we do have kurt reuniting with amanda sefton and uh rekindling their romance um but of course we are uh, also getting the return of Margoli Sardos here. Um, now, this also leans heavy into something that Claremont loves to do uh, in his later work, which is just introduce random characters um, and or play with, you know, minor bit characters. So we not only get, uh, you know, some of Nightcrawler's former uh, circus friends uh, back for You're some. Of this, for
0: but, Hans and Gummy.
1: Yes. But we are also introduced to the villain of this arc, which is another sort of just made
0: up out of the blue Claremont character called the Trimega. So I want to, I want to be clear. For Hans and Gummy, while they do absolutely, 100%, seem like weird late Ca- Claremont characters that he just threw in there, are definitely from Excalibur Minus One by uh, Ben Robb, which I think is such a fun pull.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I think Fuhrer was also in that last series. He's in the he Nightcrawler.
0: Yeah, he was in the uh, Roberto Argera-Sacosta yeah. Nightcrawler. Yep. Uh,
1: so Trimega is originally a robot who tries to kill them and then turns out to be three robots and then turns I out do... to be...
0: <laughs> I, I do like the part where they like, listen, he said his name was Trimega. I don't know why we didn't expect him to be three <laughs> robots in one body. I think that is actually... A really funny bit. I think it's less funny when it becomes not try. It becomes Omega. Yeah,
1: whatever. it's a sort of an army of Trimegas, and it turns out they're all working in service of Zardos. Um,
0: what do they want? Mergoli wants to something, something, something. The winding way. I don't. I'm not clear on her motivation
1: <laughs> here. It does seem a little unclear. <laughs> something. At, something. At one point, portals. Yeah, uh,
0: she turns. And- she does in what I think is a really cool. I don't know how much of this was Claremont and how much of this was Knox interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, just going a bring really this cool. Out. There's a really cool part where she has to make sure that Storm and Beast are indisposed and turns them into little sheets of paper. Uh, and what it is is each one of their memories is spread out as a comics page. Yes, and it looks yeah. really cool. Like that's that's a cool effect.
1: It's, it's interesting. I, I was talking about this on Twitter earlier this week that I get confused um, when uh, past artwork from past X-Men issues ends up as like decor. Like in that Rachel Kurt scene that you were talking about, the cover of classic X-Men number one is on the wall. And I'm like, Wait, wait, wait. Did they did they pose for that? This is weird. I realize that That's this happens us. over That's and over us. in comics and
0: it's just, whatever. it's just a goof for us. Yeah,
1: but but I, I agree. Like this this point where she wraps them both in paper and kind of turns them into a pile of comic book pages is kinda of cool. Um So they do eventually defeat the uh you know, army of Trimagus, but they lose Daytripper. They lose Amanda Sefton.
0: Yeah, Amanda Sefton has to go through a portal to try and stop Margoli because she's gone to some demon world or something. And Kurt jumps in after her, you know, because that's what Kurt Wagner does. Mm-hmm. But he can't go through it because he doesn't have a soul. Right. Yeah. Listen, what the rules are if you have a soul or not are never <laughs> explained and don't. Just, it's fine. Okay, guys? doesn't make
1: a difference. We, uh, it doesn't matter at this point. He's,
0: he's, got, he's got his soul or soul equivalent back now.
1: Yes. So we do end on uh, a bit of a downer, uh, because Nightcrawler has been separated from uh from Daytripper there.
0: He just gets back. He has just come back, and his sister girlfriend is gone for ever? She's she's still kinda gone. Like she's yeah. not back.
1: No. No. Uh so I still thought this was a fun time. Um it's... you know, Tri Trimega is dumb let's be clear about that but you know like seeing claremont grab onto this character of his and and you know really nail the voice and nail the relationship between him and amanda i i enjoyed this quite a bit more than i thought i would because i remember reading this at the time and being, yeah, this is okay but um maybe it was just reading it after
0: the other two yeah i mean it so it gets nightcrawler Claremont mm-hmm. understands the character. That shouldn't shock anybody. The plot is serviceable enough. Uh, like, there's some nonsense. They're like Margali Sardos, She's incredibly evil and the most evil person. And we're like, I don't know, guys. Like, I'm, who can say what happened in that one X Men Unlimited issue? Because I sure don't remember reading it. I know I have, but like, I ain't. I ain't finding that one, Chris. I don't know if you actually read it. To be fair. <laughs> I think it's true. I think some Chris Chris Claremont, I do think sometimes do you think that all witches are evil and just the most <laughs> evil person? Because you kinda do that frequently. Oh man. With Madeline, with Margoli, with Magic, who he still thinks, Oh yeah, she's super evil. We should not trust her. And instead she's just a mean a mean jock now, and I love it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so that's okay uh i did enjoy this quite a bit so i think it's going to rank higher than the other two now i just glanced at this and um i highlighted 390 which is a uh, saga of Crystar number six the issue where nightcrawler teleports into Crystar. the and, crystal uh, has warrior has a little has a little crystal adventure um
0: i think this is kind of on par with that yeah i think it's a little better personally okay like, I think, um, I think it's very on par with Marauder's 20 Windriders.
1: Yes, absolutely. Something we that's are, a little We are nostalgic. in the
0: right spot here. Yes,
1: I would agree. Um, I don't think this is as good as X-Men Volume 2, 20 to 23, the, the Conan stuff. Even though that's completely nonsensical, it's still kind of classic to me.
0: I would say this is better, though, than Hunt for Xavier or X-Force Old Ghosts. I
1: would, too. So that would make it our new 377?
0: Yeah, that Marauder's issue is probably better than these. Now now that I say it out loud, it's like right there, but it is better.
1: Yeah, I think it so too. It does
0: a very similar thing though.
1: It really does. And if uh, this was something you ignored, um, you know, similar to when we talked about that X-23 series, like this no might, check be, it out. might be worth going back and checking out if you skip You're
0: not going to be mad about reading these 12 issues. The art is no. great. I actually think in the second half, there's some really weird, fun stuff with a uh, couple of characters that Claremont creates called Rig- Rico and Ziggy, uh, <laughs> that are fun X-Men kids that I wish, I wish Rico would get. He's a scorpion boy.
1: Yeah, he's He's in. He's, he's, in the, he's introduced here. He's crawling along the ceiling. He's
0: fun. yeah. Matt just like, well, that kid's weird. Oh, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's Listen, great. the fact that there's a scorpion boy who really wants. To be an X-Man, I do. I'd like that a lot. I think yes. Todd Nock does some great stuff. Uh, there's a... Uh, Nightcrawler bounces back with a romance with Bloody Bess. Do you remember Bloody mm. Bess? The pirate? Yes. From... She's good here, though. That's great. <laughs> she... Oddly enough, she's kind of great here. Uh, Chris Claremont, write more like this. Like, come on, bud. I don't yeah. actually... I... Chris, I don't actually want to read your Weird Gambit series. I don't. I absolutely are you really
1: just because out of sheer curiosity i'm like what is going to happen this man has spent so much time vocally bashing this era like what is he going to do with Gambit and Kid Storm in 2022? With Will Sportacio doing art, I, this is going to be either Wilson's, like Wilson's a delight. Just doing
0: the covers, my dude. Will is just doing the covers. Oh, who's
1: doing? I forget that. Who's doing the interiors? It's. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's it's going to be an interesting thing. Am I, is it just what, hold, on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just part?
0: you just heard Adam, the resident artist on this podcast, saying oh, the artist doesn't matter.
1: I didn't say that.
0: <laughs> okay, didn't say that. Uh, who's doing it? Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's Cheers. roll back the tape there for a second, folks. Let's see what Adam really said.
1: Man, it's just me and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
0: Just Hashtag, had... art cred, <laughs> Hashtag art cred, buddy. I Hashtag art don't, cred. I don't know why you have something against artists, Adam. But you know who doesn't have anything against artists? Who? Reagan, who is nothing like her namesake. That's true.
1: Probably thinks about art a lot more than I ever do.
0: Probably very thoughtful in her discussions about art. And if you want to be like Reagan, who is nothing like her namesake, you can go on over to patreon.com slash toss a couple of coins into our coffers. And you know what? As penance, we will uh, we'll talk about weird X-Men stories. It's just, we've been doing this show for almost five years now. It'll be five in July, I think. That's wild. So it cool. wild. So if you think about it, folks, to fill out three episodes, three stories a week, we gotta find some weird ones all the time.
1: That is true, and uh, the more you can recommend them to us, the better. Um, man, the the artist for this Gambit series is Sid Codian and I'm just looking at Sid's stuff here, and it's pretty freaking awesome. It's weird; like I, I, they did not just get anybody to do this. This looks it's, really good.
0: It's a, it's a, it's not the pick I would have done for a, like, set in 1990 Storm and Gambit story, but hey. Could be cool. Could be cool. It, it could be, it could be great. We will see. I've been, I've been sadly disappointed with friend of the show Larry Hama's Wolverine patch book. Mm, um, sorry. But. Listen. Okay. Listen. Listen. What is the Hama Wolverine experience, if not going through books that absolutely rule, followed by some of the most (laughs) dreadful stuff you've ever read? It's page by page, my friend. Folks, I've been a vocal fan of Larry Hama's Wolverine. I am willing to say... About 50% of it is trash garbage, so I'm okay if he's like, here's here's these interesting things where Sabretooth and Birdie show up in Matterport, and you're like, okay, let's go, Larry, and then it's like, and here's this weird patch series about, like, the Viet Cong, and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're saying on this one, dude. Feels like you're, you're just winging me. it. Oh, man. Always. You, always. Love. Love me some Lethal Larry Hama. Uh, Adam, what do you got going on?
1: Folks, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. And uh, what are we talking about
0: next week, Zach? Next week we're we're getting we're getting into uh, getting into the Legion of it all.
1: You yeah. remember how
0: we haven't talked about Legion as a character? Been, been it was episode ninety nine. Wow! Wow! It, okay, it was episode ninety nine because then remember we got sucked into an alternate universe and oh, we yeah. had to
1: yeah. <laughs> well he's returning with uh with a force next week so Uh, yeah
0: it'll be it'll be interesting to see i'm excited there's a couple of stories in here that i actually haven't revisited in quite some time Mm. so i'm very excited to see where they end up uh but until then folks this has been battle of the atom and we hope you survive the experience get it